What's good, everybody? Thank you all for tuning into Man to Man, the best NBA show where you can find us on all streaming platforms as well as on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the Hoopstar Nash. Hoopstar, what's good? We got a shout out, Yaz Apparel, before we begin our show tonight. We got to do it to them. The hottest streetwear available on the market. They got the most exclusive, fresh, trendy items, including different color set hoodies, T-shirts, and more that will fit perfectly in your everyday attire. NBA players like Jackson Hayes has a Yaz hoodie and an Arsenal. It's, hey, every item sold, they donate clothing to the homeless. It's a win-win. You look good. You do it for a good cause. Plus, everything at the, at the shop, at the store, is 50% off at the checkout. That's yazapro.club. Go check them out. We'll throw the link in the description. Little recap of last week. Hoop. Before I shut up, Liam and I talked with Miami Heat rim protector Kyle Alexander as Kyle was a part of that incredible run that we just witnessed the Heat display in this postseason. Love chatting with Kyle, hearing about his journey to the NBA, being raised in Toronto, uh, and who he's been hanging out with in the bubble. You know, go check it out if you missed it. You can listen to it on all major streaming platforms. If you want to watch it, search us on YouTube, Man to Man Podcast, and you'll be able to, you know, see us chatting it up with Kyle. Make sure to like the episode, subscribe to our YouTube page, and most importantly, who share with your mothers, share with your moms. I know that's a big deal around here. You gotta share with your mothers, right? Hey. You, you, if you're not, if you're listening and your moms aren't listening, then we, you're, you're not on man to man's gang here. Okay. So anyways, that's, that's, I got a little something for this hoop. You ready for it? Go ahead. I'm ready. I've always been ready. I stay ready. I do this for a living. Let's do it. I don't know, but they did it again, baby. 17 times the Los Angeles Lakers lift their 17th championship after a dominant game six over the heat, tying the Lakers tying the Lakers with the Boston Celtics for the most all-time in NBA history. This is the first NBA Finals appearance since 2010 when the late Kobe Bryant won his fifth and final NBA title. The NBA's bubble experience is over. The 2019-2020 season is over after 355 days the Lakers outscored the Miami Heat by 20 points in the second stanza to take a 28-point halftime lead en route to a 106-93 win in his record-setting 260th playoff game. LeBron James became the first player to lead three different teams to an NBA title, logging 28 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists, and zero turnovers which made it his first triple-double this season without any turnovers. Hoop, let's just talk about it. Game six, right? The Lakers are champions, baby. No doubt. Congratulations to the Lakers. We know we always say that we talk about the Lakers all the time on this episode. And, hey, for the last one of the season, we get to talk about them all it the entire fits. episode. The I entire love it. it all, it's only fitting to man-to-man, right? Of course, of course. Uh I do want to shout out some uh, some a little bit of AD. I think he was a perfect match uh, in terms of fitting up with LeBron James. Obviously, he was uh, you know coming off a little bit of a sore uh, heel, but he added you know he added a, a huge, huge, uh, just kind of just whole game feel and just kind of gave an outlet for LeBron through this whole series. Yep. In this game six, he 
added 19 points, 15 rebounds. He is a champion for the first time. Mm-hmm. He pretty much owned everything in the paint. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much what what kind of gave the the Lakers this this edge. You know, they yeah. outscored the Heat 34-16 in that first half, and it was just all due to AD's dominance. He came out, said, "I'm going to take over this this paint. I'm going to you know just give it to them." It was kind of the motto for the whole team. That uh, didn't get suspended after the kind of Jay Crowder hit in the face. All no, right, he, he, he chill he, out a little bit. Obviously, he threw he threw the the arm, but it was tr- kind of because he was getting up. I, I can see that a little <laughs> bit. But a couple of people I want to spotlight in this in this series, of course, for the first half because the second half was kind of just you know it was just not really a, a great game. I guess you would yeah, say in this game, yeah. But the first half was so dominating by the Lakers. The two people I want to shout out is, shout out is KCP and Rondo. Mm-hmm. They pretty pretty much just led that second quarter from start to finish. They combined for twenty of the thirty six points in that you know for this uh, for the second half. Yeah. They pretty much were the reason why the lead was as big as thirty. Let me yeah. let me reiterate that they were up. By 30 points in the NBA Finals game, they and, showed. And that, and what do we like to call that? Uh, they were they were they were cooking them. They were cooking them. They were absolutely put them in a pot and pan. Put some broccoli and carrots, maybe a little hamburger meat, because you're getting fucking cooked in the first half. Yes, and that's I mean that was just so. I, I wanted it to be a close game, but I respected so much more that they just came out and said, "Hey, this is ours to lose. We're not going to let them." even entertain the idea of a game seven. So I, I like that. I do like that a lot. Caldwell or KCP, Caldwell Pope, Rondo, eight of the 10 shots in that corner or in that quarter. And it was, it was pretty much where I would say the the series was over. I had a little, you know, text back and forth with a couple of friends and we were like, are you even going to uh, watch the second half? I was like, of course I'm going to watch. I have to record a podcast. Right, yeah, we, yeah, but, we have to. <laughs> but a lot of people were like, hey, 30-some points, you you can't watch the second half. We know Not it's to over. We just got to make sure we get our money. Right, right. <laughs> but more importantly, Rondo. Rondo, who is 34 years old, they call him – Playoff Rondo, whatever you want to call him. Don't call him Playoff Rondo. That is nope. such that's, that's disrespect a, to my it's, guy. It's a curse. Is a curse. No, nope. he came out, said, I don't like playoff. I said, listen, if you're going to bitch about the Hotel Motel 6, you look like Franklin the Turtle, let the people call you Playoff <laughs> Rondo and be okay with it, okay? What about Championship Rondo? Is that better? I like Championship Rondo. Tra- like championship, championship Rondo, and he showed it in full force. 19 points, 8 of 11 shooting. He's coming off the bench for this Lakers team, and he is the third best player from day one in this bubble to to the last day when they were crowned the championship. Agreed. He's obviously going to be a future Hall of Famer. No Agreed. questions about that. And in other news, he's won two championships for the two best, I would say, organizations. Iconic, rivaling yes. teams, whatever you want to call it. Two best organizations in the NBA, you know, dating back when it started with the Lakers and the Boston Celtics, he's just, he is just a winner and he's a championship mode all the time. I mean, he was 22 years old when he, you know, his Celtics beat the Lakers by, you know, a big margin. I think it was 39 points or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, to win the, the 2008 finals. So me and Rondo, I liked it. 
he's definitely the reason why, at least in this game six, day one, he just came in there and was like, hey, this is what I do. I got to do it. So I love it for him. And he's just been efficient all over the place. What are your what are your true thoughts about Rondo? How did you see him? You know, what what did you think about Rondo in this game? Any any the Lakers did it perfectly, not only with AD filling in that position with LeBron. I mean, there's debate and we can go about it all night, but LeBron and AD being that perfect fit. D Wade even kind of came out and said, you know, I, I agree with that. Those guys push each other to the max, AD 26 is almost like a younger LeBron, what he said in the in uh, the interview tonight. And he just learns from LeBron. And, and LeBron's in that situation. Another guy like Rondo, another guy like Dwight Howard. Um, these guys get it. You, you love to see it. You see a picture of Rondo um, dating back. There's this, there's this iconic picture of Pau Gasol in Meta World Peace. And Rondo's looking at him. And, and you know they're celebrating him. And Rondo's kind of smirking. I saw this picture last week on Instagram. And he's smirking. And everyone's like, because Rondo knows that he's going to get him back. He's playing for – and he didn't know he was going to play for the Lakers, but he does play for the Lakers. And Rondo absolutely murked it tonight. KCP absolutely murked it tonight. Danny Green started off hot. I, when you were talking about defense, who I want to shout out a role player. And, you know, he might not be the third or the fourth or the fifth, but he started tonight, Alex Caruso. Okay. This guy I want to spotlight. You got guys like Rondo and Dwight. You know you love their story, JR. No, I love this guy's story, you know, being undrafted going from the G League and now being an NBA championship, starting in game six against the Miami Heat for the Los Angeles Lakers. Caruso started over Dwight Howard tonight. Dwight only played one minute, and I do want to mention that because Dwight has been a freaking beast all series, uh, bringing that, that you know, veteran, veteran energy to the, to the court. And he, it, it's kind of like, I don't know if the, uh, the Lakers should have came out with that Caruso because they were mentioning, I don't know if it's a good strategy because now the Heat know what they're doing. Caruso's matching up against Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Tyler Hero, this guy's that snarling around. I love, I love me some Tyler Hero. Don't get me wrong. The snarl kind of brought him down. Like I kind of wanted to get him get him away from me because that was just fucking <laughs> bizarre. Um, he held him to zero points in the first quarter, and then he held him to four points in the half. Only finished with seven points in the game. And now I want to talk about Tyler Hero just a little bit because the kind of defense that the Lakers have been adjusting and putting on him has been incredible and phenomenal to see Frank Vogel going at it first time NBA champion along with Jason Kidd and those assistant coaches absolutely know what to do against guys like that because they've seen it all before Tyler heroes he shot 36 and a half percent from the floor and was a team worst minus 59 in the plus minus margins um, you know he in the middle of the game he hits a, a, a shot off the side of the backboard right yeah, so I saw that it was kind of like yeah, yeah, Lakers pretty much sealed it, right? Tyler yeah. Hero's hitting the side of the backboard. What, what else do we got here? Right, right. Duncan Robinson kind of starting off strong. We're like, okay, but then Tyler, you need all of those guys that Jimmy's talking about. It's not only me. I need everybody to to score and, and help me out. But Caruso, man, absolute stud in the wall. Absolute unit for this team. Love to see it. Uh, you know, he only had three rebounds and two, two steals. But when we're talking about defense, he led the team in steals for this game. Uh, Got to love to see it. So, I mean, it's it's all defense for the Lakers this game, and that's why they won. Right. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the defense as a whole for the team because after game five, Frank Vogel came out to the media and said, you know, he was asked the question of, hey, what is your, like, what is one thing after, you know, seeing in game five that you can do the most to help and change this, you know, narrative that's being written that, hey, the Miami Heat could force a game seven 
first thing he came out and said was our defense. Our defense, we've been priding ourselves all year on defense. And what do we need to do better is play defense. And what do we see? Obviously, this is going to be the story throughout the next two weeks, probably the next month, is how dominant the Lakers were defensively. The first quarter, they held the Miami Heat to 20 points. That is never going to get you an NBA championship if you're scoring 20 points in a quarter. Then, even better than that, the second quarter, they held them to 16. And they finished the half, obviously, if you can do math. Me and me and Twas and Tim, we're not the greatest we're, at math. Yeah, not that's great, not great. That's why we're doing the podcast, because we got to find <laughs> other endeavors uh, and, and, you know, yeah, doing something in this world. So we talk about basketball, not so much math, but that's 36 points mm-hmm. for a half. And I don't care if the other team scored 38 points and it was 38, 36 and a half. You can't yeah. go into a game, a, a game that you have to win and only score 36 points because obviously the Lakers are not that team that's going to score the 38 points. They're going to score 68 points, pretty much just dominant from, from, from minute one to, to minute 48. They just defensively just took over this game, and I'd love to see it. And it's, of it's, course – Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, was, I mean, it's, it's, it was all first half for the Lakers, and right. it's all defense, and, and we've seen the, the whole series that it's, it's – they rebound – they out-rebound the Heat every single time. Um, but in the first half, you know, uh, not to mention, this is the lowest scoring points in a half for a team in the NBA Finals. 60, the, the half was the – half score was 64 to 36 that's the second biggest halftime margin in NBA finals history Miami had 13 field goals and nine turnovers in the first half they shot 34 percent from the field you you just can't do that right I agree I think that is when you when you see it and then you look at the numbers and you'll be like how do how does a team just fall apart like that like you said you brought up the numbers and that makes total sense now after looking at a game and watching it and then looking at the numbers, you can't shoot 30, I mean, minus, I mean, 35, 36% and a half. Let, let's just say it was over by quarter one because that right. just doesn't doesn't add up and you're not going to get it done doing that. So big right. props for, for the, um, the Lakers doing that. But let's talk about the Heat a little bit. You got somebody that you want to spotlight here? I do. For this game, it's unfortunately not Jimmy Butler. Only 12 points, uh, and, and I'll get into that in just a second. But Bam Adebayo, a guy that obviously um, coming off a neck a neck sprain injury in that first game, I don't know if they had Bam, if they had Grodzik, they had Grodzik back, or Drogic back, excuse me, this game. I don't know if it would have been a game seven. I don't know. I'm, we don't know. But Adebayo, he left it all on the floor, just like Jimmy did. You know, the 25 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. This is his best production since returning from that next sprain, that next strain that cost him, you know, games two and three of the series. And then Drogic, it was funny, man. I tweeted, I said, if you've got a guy like that, man, you, Donis Haslam, saying, you, you motherfucker, you better get in the game. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to war with my soldiers, dude. So you got to shout out Drogic, played his first time um, off, and he still has that tear in his foot. Like, that's got to be extremely painful. And they probably med that guy up like Aaron Rodgers after that one famous interview. It's my knee. It's my knee. Um, but you know, you got to give respect where respect's due. Jimmy Butler, um, obviously swept the Indiana Pacers. That's our team in the first round of playoffs. They knocked out the favorite in the East top seeded bucks in the second round. The heat went on to beat the Celtics to, you know, reach ultimately reach the NBA finals. 
And despite being uh, without Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo, I mean, for part of the series, the Heat made it competitive. And that's what we asked for, right? We, I, I personally didn't want to sit in five. I get how they've been in the bubble, win, get out. I, I wanted the Lakers to win, but you got to give respect where respect is due. I don't think you overlook this Miami Heat team at all, which we did all the way up to the postseason. Um, but, you know, by, by game six, even though Butler was joined by, by these two guys, Adebayo and Dragic, the Heat looked absolutely exhausted. Butler only had 12 points, like I was saying, and, and it's, I don't know, they just didn't have enough in the tank. Like, like Spolstra was saying, they need that extra whatever it is for next season. Right. And I, I'm glad you brought up those two players, especially Dragic. He left, he led the team um, off the bench with minutes. Uh, he had 18 minutes in the game or off the bench and led all other, you know, bench players in that. So he got the minutes. I don't know if they were deserving. I think Spolstra was just kind of throwing them in there. I know he got some late game minutes that probably didn't matter as much. But for me, I would have just, you know, took the punch how it is and say, hey, Goran, I don't think I don't think I'm rolling with you this game. If there's a game seven and you think you're a little more healthier than you are, then go out there and do what you got to do. I'll let you get in there. So I'm glad you brought that up. I wouldn't have played Dragic just because the chemistry wasn't there. He's been out for so many games, and you're not as dominating, like you said, like a Bam out of bio. But two other people I want to bring up is Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, I've said I've said this to other people not on air, but Duncan Robinson needs to grow up. I think he's a little bit what uh, he he he's a little bit of a of a child in this in this series because every time he shoots the ball he's looking for a foul and it just it just rubs me the wrong way and if he wasn't as dominant as he was like if he wasn't as good of a shooter than he was then I would probably not say anything but because he's such a great shooter and every time that you come off a screen and you don't just shoot the ball and you're looking for a foul it's just like Mm -hmm. what are you doing kid like I know you're young, but like this is the NBA Finals. Just shoot the ball when you're open. Don't look for a foul. Don't right. take the the easy way out. And then Jimmy Butler. I said this after Game Five. Um, I just think Jimmy Butler had to score points. He had to get that forty points. And we see it, like you mentioned earlier. Like he only has like twelve points in this game. Like he had to be that guy again. Right. In game six, like he was in Game Five. We didn't see that. And Jimmy Butler is just a a force when he is aggressive. And I think, I think you really nailed it on the head. I agree with all the points that you made in terms of, I think Jimmy Butler was worn out. I think he was tired. I don't think he had everything in the tank because you saw after game five, he was walking off of his presser and in the media room, like he was his, both of his legs were about to fall off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, my man was tired. Yeah, but I love Jimmy Butler to death. I respect him so much more. I respect Jimmy Butler so much more as well. Just seeing him more, like if if you guy if the Pacers went that far, I don't I don't know who I want to compare Jimmy Butler to because I, it's it's non comparable. But you just learn more about a guy like that, right? That doesn't really get that spotlight or that shine, and that's been in the league for. I mean, he's thirty years old, so he's he's been on four different teams. And, and he's an underdog. We love underdogs. We love seeing that. It's cool to see LeBron. We root, we root for LeBron because we want to root for his legacy. But when you see a guy like Jimmy Butler, who honestly, I feel like I could sit down with Jimmy Butler and have a genuine, like, he's a cool dude, like conversation because he's like, man, it's, it's, we, I just do what I do, man. And it's, he's so laid back. 
and he's so collective with what he says back to the media and stuff like that. And he, he even kind of smirks at the media because they ask him dumb questions, but you got to give respect to that guy. I have some, like, I agree with you on that. Right. And that's the biggest thing with Jimmy Butler. Like the, the situation that he got put in was like, Hey, from the Miami heat, we're not going to sign any other big stars. We're not going to be, you know, what they're, I mean, the, just the whole narrative of ring chasing, adding two big superstars, you know, in the off season, we're going to pick you up. The heat, like, like Kyle Anderson was saying, the heat culture is like, just get it done any way possible. And basically what happened was Jimmy Butler took on that role and he did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And I just wish the only thing I wish is if we could get Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero on the same exact Miami Heat team like five years down the road. Because then if both of those guys are five years experienced in the league, I think this series would have gone a different, uh, different way. But when you're relying on Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, they're both rookies that don't – they have the skill, but they're not experienced enough to get it done per se – we see what happened here. And it was, it was a sad sight to see if you're a Heat fan. But on the flip side, the Lakers were dominant to the point that you really didn't have any chance. And it's not, it's not a game-by-game series. It's a game of seven. And the Lakers knew that. And they had the, all the artillery in their tanks and stuff and just said, hey, you can win one game here. You can win one game there. It's okay. Because as the Lakers were, they've never they, – I mean, they hadn't won or lost a back-to-back game in the playoffs this year. They're 4-0 um, after losing a game. So they probably understand, like, after a loss, we can't lose two in a row and just right. got the job done. So I want to I talk about um, this extra piece that the Heat may be looking for in the offseason. Okay. I think since they have these vets on the team and – but they also had these young rookies who are, I don't know if it's arguable or not, but they are the best rookies in the league, despite John Morant and Zion Williamson and being Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. We talked about Drogic maybe being traded for somebody like a Rondo in, in past couple episodes, but I think if I'm Spolster, man, I, th- I think you 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 keep guys like Jay Crowder, you, you maybe extend Drogic's, you know, maybe give him a long-term extension, but I think you definitely extend Bam at a bio being a 23 year old dude. You, you, that's, that's gotta be your franchise guy with Jimmy Butler. Uh, I, I think the best move for the heat in the off season is yes, freeing up some cap space, but I like Drogic. I like Crowder, obviously give out bio money, Duncan Robinson and hero, correct me if I'm wrong, are still on those rookie deals. So they're right. still not even getting paid that much. Um, obviously Jimmy Butler is, is getting paid very well, but, um, I, I think the best thing that the heat can do right now is maybe free up some cap space and, and those eight and nine and 10 and 11 guys, or pick up somebody good again in, in the NBA draft. You know, I, I don't think that that team needs to do any rebuilding at all, but I do like Drogic and the, and the reason why I brought this up, because I was thinking about that a second ago, he wanted to play so much to the point where he was tearing up and I have this like weird intuition that that Drogic is maybe thinking to himself yes I am getting older obviously he's one of the older point guards in the league but man I could be this could this is I don't know I I think for Drogic it's his only chance of making it again to the NBA or making it to the NBA finals I don't think that the Miami Heat will do it again quite frankly and that's you got to love to see a guy like that 
you want a guy like that on your team. You want a Udonis. I mean, fuck, you got to get rid of UD or I don't know. Do you get rid of (laughs) UD next year? I have no idea, but you got to, you got to love a guy like that. And I think that's, that's hard over height or that's hard over whatever you want to call it. And I, I, I love Drogic, man. And I got, if we're talking about Jimmy, I got the most utmost respect for Drogic as well. I think you got to keep that guy, but if you're getting, if you're going to land a, a, a Giannis, I don't know who you give up for that. It's, it's almost like a, a Clippers trade where you give up a bunch of first rounders and then other guys as well. But if there's one guy and I'm Spolstra, I think Drogic's got to stay for another year. I like that. He's the, that leader in the point guard position, the ball handling position. I don't want to say just point guard because he can play off the ball as you saw tonight, but let's, let's switch it over to the Lakers. Obviously these are our team. Uh, I guess it's our team in terms of, you know, we've been talking yeah. about the Lakers. The big most off- talked about team definitely on our show. Right. Uh, big offseason moves, getting, you know, just everything together and building a franchise in terms of actually competing for a championship. They got some breaks with the Clippers getting, getting bounced by the, the Nuggets and stuff. But it's basically, for me, is this road that they had to take. And a year of 2020 that just – has been crazy from start literally to 10 days less than a year right 355 just, days of nba basketball and it's just crazy to think that this is a, a a path that you have to take in terms of winning a championship uh obviously you start the regular season you get it canceled we had you know big episode in terms of just what in the hell is going on basically mm-hmm. then we have this you know couple months of like what is actually going on? Are we actually going to have a yeah. season again? We get the, you know, the nod from uh, Adam Silver and say, hey, we're going to create this bubble due to the coronavirus and that. Then once they come back, we see that the this whole, you know, social injustice and Black Lives Matter movement has really taken over the, I would say, the agenda of some of these players in terms of we have to make, you know, this is more bigger than basketball. We have to take a you know, a stand and make a message heard, um, not just being basketball players and playing the game. And we had a, another big episode about that. And then more, most importantly, we have, you know, Kobe's death this year as well for the Lakers. And we've talked about that, me and you together, about what does this mean for the Lakers? We said early on that they all, I mean, they, all, they have all these pieces and they definitely have the pieces to do this but are they going to get it done? And I don't know. For me, it was just, it was all a bunch of questions. And that's a, what 2020 has been around, uh, about is like, what is going on? What's going to happen and stuff like that. So for right. me, I know you went out to LA. You, you, you were recently out there within the last two weeks. And I guess my thing is to you is like, what was that feeling like in terms of going to LA, seeing what the, the atmosphere is in terms of knowing that Kobe's died. You went to see murals and nonetheless, the Lakers went through hoop after hoop and got that thing done for this guy, Kobe. I know that's going to be a big story and it is a big story. So what for you, does that mean that the Lakers pretty much, because you've been preaching it. Yeah. They're going to win one for Kobe this year. They got to do it. So what does that actually really mean for you in terms of, winning one for Kobe. Well, <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> um, it's good, man. I, 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 the first thing I want to say about that whole thing when 
talking about pieces and putting them all together, the biggest piece they lost was Kobe. You know what I'm saying? And it's, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to describe it because like I was out there and it was nothing. There was nothing out there. You know what I'm saying? Like I, and, and for LA natives and everybody that's out there, it's, I mean, that's, that's, that takes a a huge toll on, on somebody. Kobe was a, he was an icon. Um, Sorry. And uh, it was crazy, man. Like I, and I could feel that when I was out there in Staples Center, you know, and and everything is this whole year is filled with uncertainty. We're going through the the worst year I think of our lives and with the whole election and everything else. And, and, and it's just been so bizarre and getting to see Kobe's murals and everything like that, it really hit me. And that, and that's why I want to do it for Kobe. It's not like I'm a true fucking Lakers fan or anything like that. I just, I love the game of basketball and I, you got to give respect where respect's due obviously with, with Kobe. And, and that's the thing about the Lakers. That's what <clears throat> differentiates themselves. Sorry, I'm choking up dude. Cause I'm, I'm fucking, you know, it's, that's it's fine. tough to talk about. Go ahead. It's that's, they just, they're a different, you talk about Steve Nash being a different type of dude. They are just a different type of team, you know, with the Clippers having all these expectations and everyone overlooking the Lakers, they are champions in the best franchise in NBA basketball for a reason. And you have a guy like LeBron James, put him in the goat conversation, give him his damn respect because he deserves it. All these LeBron haters. I don't care if he cries or anything like that. He loves the game of basketball. And so does everybody else that's watching the game. So being out there in LA doing this for Kobe, it, it, it was so sentimental to me. I, I mean, I was only there for 30 or 40 minutes just taking pictures, but it, it was so, I don't know. I mean, I saw, we all saw it on the media with Twitter and, and how everything blew up. I, I got love for all those families and, and I, you know, I pray for those families all the time and, and it's just, it's a tough, tough year. This is the reason why I wanted the Lakers to win. Um, Obviously, like we grew up playing with Kobe and 2K and stuff like that. So I don't know how else to describe it, but like that's why I wanted the Lakers to win. I I think that they put all the pieces together and and they had the most adversity going into this whole year. So that's, I I don't know what else to say about that. The biggest thing that I, I, I always will like connect things to is take out everything that's happened. But when you write a book, and you write a story. And if you look at it in terms of this year and you write a, a story for 2020 and you go and you say, hey, this season is going to be canceled. And Kobe uh, is, you know, his whole death and everything that happened afterwards is going to happen. And then at the end of the story, when you say, hey, guess what? The Lakers are going to win a championship. That is the best story that can be written. And we see a lot of players agreeing with that. It's only the, the message from Twitter is going to be, and it is already, it's, it's, it's the right thing. You know, it's only right that the Lakers took care of business and they got it done from or for Kobe in that terms. And it's the perfect story. Uh, and the only thing I want to mention as well about the whole 2020 thing is, it is, it is in terms of a, a strange year, but the only thing I caught was I don't think it's the worst year that, you know, America has ever seen. There's been a lot of bigger moments. It's just a, a different year for us. You know, a lot of bad things 
have happened. I wouldn't even call them bad things. Just different things have happened to a lot of different people in terms of financially and dealing with certain things that here and there. But for the for the population in general, it was a time to say, hey, we can do this. We can get through this. And we can end up being better and showing everybody else that yeah. it's okay. Things happen, but we can end up on top. And I think that's exactly what the Lakers did in terms of in terms of the story, you know, Kobe's death seemed like at the time the worst thing that could ever happen. And I don't want to take that away because it is a very big hit to everybody that knew Kobe personally or just were a, were a fan of him. But at the end of the day, things can get better. And that's what I think the vision for 2020 needs to be in terms of just, hey, there's a lot of shit that can happen but we can end up on top if you, you know, dedicate in and get through it. So that's my biggest takeaway. I couldn't that. say it any better. A little bit lighter note. Let's move on. <laughs> um, but let's move on. Our second half of this episode is brought to you by StatiCapper.com. StatiCapper is here to help simplify your quantitative analysis in the gambling world. Uh, it can be a whole uh, for a whole range of people, you know, whether you're new to the betting, trying to learn what a good bet is, or if you, you've you know, been in the game a while, I guess I, me and Twasington are been in the game a while, um, but we use it every day to see where we can get an edge on all of our bets. That's statycapper.com. Go check them out and help uh, create this community of people who not only enjoy sports betting, but use, use this, you know, insight to help, you know, our community of, of gamblers win. That's statycapper.com. Go check them out. On the other side of it, we had we had big money. Both of us, we both had big money on the on the Lakers in this series. We did uh, have some big money, didn't we? Big money in 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 terms of uh, just choosing the Lakers to win this series. I'll start with you, I guess. With uh, I know I took I had you on record. I asked you how many games are the Lakers going to take to win it. Right. You said I got them four two. I said four one. We see that they win in six, so you, yeah. you you won that in terms of, uh, you know, choosing the right outcome. But you also come to find out that you put some large amount of money on this for right. two. I, I actually didn't put money on the, the series and how to finish it up, but you put some big money and you won big. So, uh, yeah, I did through that. What, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? What you, I didn't know. Actually, I didn't actually, know, obviously I knew, but I didn't know you were actually gonna put money on this. So I'm glad oh, yeah. that you did. So you, uh, I'm not going to say the amount that I put or that I won. And I think it's, we're, we're talking about me betting. You are a fucking degenerate dude. <laughs> <laughs> you are on another fucking level. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I had Lakers in six and this was before the series started. And, and I, I will say, I did see experts come out and say, Oh, we got Lakers in six. I said it first. Okay. I said that first. Cause I knew it was going to be a good series. I didn't think the heat were going to go out and just not win a game or two. You know what I'm saying? With that being said, I didn't think that Bam out of bio or Drogic would, would get injured as well, but um, or either, but that's the, if I can say anything about the NBA finals, that's like the finals curse. Like somebody gets hurt. And I've always said that. And I knew somebody was going to get hurt in this finals, but yeah, no, I, I, I had a, I had a good hit. Um, 
I, I've kind of taken a three-day break. I'm taking a three. I don't know when the last time I bet, but it, it's, it's just been bad. I think the last one was like Yankees money line, but I did hit on the, the game five plus seven and a half. But I, I'm taking a break probably until tomorrow. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, but, but you got a you got a big chunk of change now in the in the in the, I in do. the tank, man. I do. I just um yeah, I do. But I'm also <laughs> jobless. So you have to remember that. Um so no, it, it was a it was a great bet. I I I I say this all the time. You lose a bet, you place a bet, and that's where I've always kind of effed up. But yeah, no, I, I I love that this was the outcome. I told my friends about it and they were like, man, good call. And I was like, Fuck it. it was the right call, and that's what it should have been, either game six or seven. Right. I, I'm I'm hands down. I respect that call. Um, I just didn't see Jimmy Butler just showing up like he did in two of the games, and that's pretty much what sealed two games for them. So I, I mean, hey, when you, yeah. I'm all, I, we're a team here. You know, we're a community I'm trying to help yeah. the community win. So I I appreciate you doing that and getting a, a win for sure, especially winning a lot of money. Um, I guess for me, I guess we'll walk through my, I, my situation. I put a, a large amount of money on the Lakers just to win this series after I won a big, uh, a big part. By the way, when we're talking large amount of money, I just want, I just want to let everybody know this. We're not going to say the amount, but it was a hefty amount of money. And you, I'll just tell you this to win that. I mean, you did like a seven leg parlay. Let's just say that right now to win a lot of money. And that is a 90 to one chance to win. I just hope you know that just telling everybody out there right now. So, and then you don't even throw it in the savings. No, no you just I, throw it all on the Lakers to win the whole series. <laughs> I hit on a big parlay. Yes, you're right. It was not uh, even basketball related. Um, I went a NFL big seven leg parlay of just, you know, teams to win and it hit. I mean, I was lucky enough that it hit That's good for everybody, I guess. And it uh, hit, and the next day, the uh, the finals started. So I said, "Fuck it, you know what? I think the Lakers got it." I put all of the winnings on that to towards the Lakers to win, and of course, I uh, we see tonight that the Lakers won. So I got a, a nice little, you know, chunk of. All right, now there. can I ask you this? There's no more basketball. Are we just gonna go to NFL now? Like, can you put some of that in, or what are you gonna do with that? Um, I'm gonna take it all out. I can't keep it in there. Okay, see, we're at man-to-man. We are responsible at times. Yes, responsibly. For out there. We're not we're, just little – I mean, we are, you know, fucking in our <laughs> mid-20s. But, you know, we're – we're we get it, man. If we win, we're responsible, okay? But we just get impatient a lot, all right? Right. Responsibly, I'm going to take out most of it. I'll probably take out all of it, actually, now that the season's over. And then if I see a bet for the NFL – I usually only for the NFL. I'm not real heavy on the NFL. I make those, you know, kind of big parlay bets and right. then throw, you know, a hundred bucks here and there on it. But, right. you know, it is, it, right. that's how I got the first one. It is how it is, but we'll see. I probably won't bet for a little bit just to hold on to some of that money before I start losing it again. The last segment that we have to talk about, which is going to be the discussion. Not for the only, rest. Yeah, not only right now and for the next week, but in probably until the next season starts is the LeBron question of where does this put him in the GOAT? Conversation? <laughs> where does where does LeBron rank up 
in terms of the goat situation i i guess i'll leave that to you just kind of give give your take i i don't really know where to start so i'm going to just give it to you and see where to start and then we can kind of just conversate after that okay. where do you where do you put him in the goat is he the goat now I think he, I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm biased. <clears throat> I didn't grow up in the Jordan era, and I get that. But after watching the MJ doc, I mean, that that was the most badass document. And I appreciate whoever, like, delivered all that for all of us at our, our age, you know. That was the single most hand, single most badass thing that I've seen, especially that last episode, the last couple episodes. I, I almost have to give it to LeBron. I almost have to. LeBron has four MVPs three final MVPs and four titles. Now those, those three titles are with different teams. Jordan didn't do that. You can't penalize LeBron for going to the finals 10 times. I think this is the biggest championship LeBron has ever gotten granted with the, all the off court challenges this year. We didn't see MJ ever come out and do that until I guess now after seeing LeBron do these things, MJ going in a NASCAR and doing other things and MJ granted, uh, you know, donating a lot of money. This is his, 28 playoff triple-double in his career. Only person that he trails is Magic Johnson, who has 30 tonight. Like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, first triple-double without any turnovers. It's the fourth championship for LeBron James in his 10th NBA Finals. Previously won two titles with the Heat in 2012, 2013, then the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016. Let me just add that when he, let, when he left both of those teams the next year, they didn't make the playoffs. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, that was their first title. He brought that back to them. Um, and then Sunday, obviously tonight, you know, he became the NBA's all-time leader in playoff games, played at 260. He finished the night with a triple-double, like I was just saying, and he was named NBA Finals MVP for the fourth time. I mean, you, you ask LeBron, where does this rank? And he just wants his damn respect. And I think LeBron deserves more than his respect, man. I, I, think, it's, I think it's LeBron James. Right. I think he, I think if he wins another one, it's it's for sure LeBron James. Right. I think there's a lot of questions that arise when you start to compare such a player that shows so much so early in his career. Because for LeBron James, in his first like four years being in the league, he led a Cleveland Cavalier team to the NBA Finals. And knowing the type of player that he is. And then later down the road, he gets to two in a row. He gets the three in a row. He gets the four in a row. You start to be like, hey, where does this add up in, you know, just the history of the NBA? And to say that this guy is not worthy of the conversation is Stephen A. Smith is, will, will say blasphemy. This is yeah. just obviously just not true. He needs to be in the conversation. So if you don't have him in this conversation – I agree with you. It's just not true. Give him his respect because no other t uh, player has been to 10 straight finals. That's just, or just 10 finals in, in or it was not, it was eight straight it, finals. It was eight straight finals. Yeah, missed eight it last straight year. finals. So just give him his respect in that terms. That's hard to do. And for LeBron James, I think this year does mean the most because like you were saying, I'm glad you brought this up because there were so many questions going into this season and everybody's going to, you know, talk about, Hey, does this season have an asterisk? Does this actually mean that, you know, what it means to be an NBA final, you know, 
you know, win the NBA finals in that, in that terms. And I say, this might mean more than any other season for LeBron, because you have a regular season, you get it canceled. You come back, you have to be in a bubble without your family for two and a half months. And then you be, now you're in the bubble with no fans and you actually just have to go out and compete head to head with another team. And yes, there are going to be arguments of like the fans play a part in this and that, but I think it's more of an argument that being in the bubble and going through that without your family and not in the regular routine of, you know, traveling and this and that, just going out on the court and getting it done, man, man to man, no pun intended, but just man up to man up and saying, I'm going to beat you. That, that earns my respect. And I think if not this, this title, next title, he will be crowned the king and he will be crowned the best player in the NBA. But that brings it up. Will he get this next ring? Because I think he can get, if he gets five, he definitely has to be in the conversation. Yes, it's one less than uh, Michael Jordan. But the the career and the and the stats all lean towards LeBron James. So, do you think he? How many more years and how many more rings do you think LeBron James is going to get? We were talking about this off air. He's thirty five or thirty six. Thirty six. He's thirty six. I think this guy's going to go Brady. You know, he's going to go to forty two, forty three, or at least when Bronny gets in the league, which I think I think his son will will be in the NBA one day. I think it's five. If people want to still doubt that, once it's six, he will be the go. Right. I I, I like that call for sure. Um, there's there's nothing else about that. I, I I understand that MJ brought a whole different persona, and even guys before MJ, but MJ was the guy who was that generational talent. Like he, there was no other guy. There was no LeBron competing with MJ. Right. I agree. And, I think- and, and that's why LeBron is that guy for the, for the next years to come and for the rest of basketball. Cause there's no other guy that can compete with LeBron. I agree. I think the biggest thing is we're a lot of people are going to count LeBron out next year. And I told you this off air as well, is that I think LeBron has two, definitely two more years, possibly a third year of being a dominant, player like we saw him this year his stats won't drop off he'll still be a, a force out there on the floor but I think after that I think he has two more years in terms of I see a window of five years more for LeBron James those last two years if you see anybody's career those last two to three years are kind of questionable they start to decline just a little bit and once once we see that, I think the Lakers, you know, have a, the ability to surround LeBron with more dominant players in that in that regard. So I see, I see possibly two more. I think he'll he'll get he he'll have the option to get six. And other than that, I think LeBron has to be talked as the goat for sure. Okay, so what do you think? Just straight up. Straight up on the record, I got him winning five total championships in his career. 
Straight up goat though. Like LeBron's in the conversation for sure. Oh yeah, he's number two right now. Okay. If he wins another one, he's he's it's tied. It's got to be neck and neck. Okay. And let everybody else have that debate. I don't think this one truly solidifies him as the goat. I think this mm-hmm. puts him on that that you know that Mount Rushmore of Michael Jordan and LeBron James. That's the top of the route Mount Rushmore. There's no four heads up there. It's just two. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm I'm right. I think I'm right there with you. Right. Um, but yeah, we uh I guess we'll we'll kind of start wrapping it up here. I think this has been a hell of a season for us. This is our first official season as man to man. I've this has been a journey for me. I know it's been a journey for you. It only only I mean it kind of makes me want to cry a little bit, so I'm gonna hold my emotions, but I appreciate you every day and every week coming in, coming out, getting the job done for for man to man. We appreciate you, all of our listeners, for tuning in. I know for me, I know it's probably true for you, but we never dreamed that this was gonna get like it is now. And I just want to thank you first off, Andy. Yeah. I appreciate your your hard dedication and your work. Um but yeah, no, it's 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 been a tough year. It's been a tough year, bro. I'm 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 <laughs> I'm jobless, you know what I'm saying? And and I, I'm just I'm just grateful for everything that I got, dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm we we did this because I ran out of beer money in Chicago, but <laughs> I had a job and we kind of just did this on the side and we were that's when you want to be successful at something, you have to show consistency because a lot of people ask us, and I have a lot of friends that say, Hey, this is that. I mean, all you got to do is just watch out for what you say on air. No, dude, this is, this takes a lot of fucking work to do. Right. And whether it's, whether it's pitching out or whether it's, you know, making promo, we wear all the hats because that's, yeah. that's what every, everybody does who starts a business or like a podcast or anything that they want to do to be successful is have consistency, have patience and, and just work your ass off on it. And, and, you know, we don't, we just do it because we enjoy it. Um, and, and yeah, I appreciate you because you're on the whole technical side and, and me, we, we're just compatible. You know, I'm throwing everything on social, throwing everything out there, but we only hope that this grows. You know, we kind of did this as a hobby and it is still a hobby for us, but we're like, okay, now we're kind of, you know, people like us. Okay. It's cool. So I appreciate you as well. I appreciate everybody that, that comes on and listens to our show and whether you're an avid listener of us, whether you're our friends, whether you're guys from Dash Radio that are listening to us, we appreciate you. Stick with us. We're, we bring a totally different vibe to the average sports NBA talk show. I'm a fucking wild card in and I'm, I'm everywhere on the fucking planet when I'm talking in front of a mic. You're kind of a moderator, but that's what... NBA sports talk shows and sports talk shows in general, that's what they need. That's the next come up. And we're trying to understand how to get better. Obviously there's, we have so much respect for all the other shows that are on NBN and and we, we look up to those guys, but we're just doing what we do. And, and we just hope that you ride, continue to ride the wave with us. Of course, of course. But I know it's kind of up in the air right now. Adam Silver said that we're, we got into a season coming up maybe this year, you know, around Christmas time. But it looks like the next year it's going to be, um, I guess my best guess is probably January, maybe late January, mid-January. Um, but, yeah, like I said, we just appreciate you guys um, tuning in every week, giving us, you know, 
just the support that we need to move forward. And our first season as man to man is over with. I think, I think we both, I think me and Twasington just appreciate it all. Yeah. But, uh, we ain't done, baby. We going into the off season and we're going to figure out what the fuck to talk about. Okay. And we'll have plenty to talk about. We're going to bring on more guests and, and it's going to be so fun. So we're, we're right. looking forward to it again. Just so you guys know, check us out on our social media at man to man podcast on Instagram and at MTM NBA show on Twitter. You guys have been showing us a lot of love on Twitter lately. Thank you for that. But I think there's only necessary and only the right, you know, vibe to go out on our last episode for our NBA, our first NBA season with a little tribute to none other than Kobe, the Mamba Bryant. Dear basketball, from the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, deeply in love with you, I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and hurt, not because challenge called me, but because you called me. I did everything for you because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream, and I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding. My mind can handle the grind. But my body knows it's time to say goodbye. And that's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now so we both can savor every moment we have left together. The good and the bad, we have given each other all that we have. And we both know, no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, two, one, love you always, Kobe. We love you, Kobe. Oh.